0: After two knee surgeries and only growing to 5'5", I realized professional basketball wasn't in my future. I'm Maria, and that's a part of my story. Once when I was little, I put all of my stuffed animals in the oven because I thought they were cold.
1: So it's probably in the best interest of the animals that I never became a veterinarian. (laughs) My name's Julie, and that's part of my story. And this is Sparks of
0: Madness. Sparks of Madness is a storytelling podcast that illuminates the beauty of our experiences
1: while capturing those sparks that ignite what it means to be human. like I feel like summer's finally here
0: yes and it's very hot and all the ACs are going and fans
1: <laughs> definitely but I, I recently got a second unit to put in my bedroom and I've been sleeping so much more comfortably so I'm not mad
0: I oh, know I'm very thankful that I have a fan over me mm-hmm. um, but then that's still like on certain days it's so hot and I'm like oh why 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 are you doing this
1: well when I grew up we didn't have AC at all my parents were just not they were like we're not paying for that and so and we had like a very little drafty house like that was built in like the early 1900s. so like it was generally cooler anyway but like even now when I go home to visit my parents it's like torture because it's just like the most I can do like in the summer is like sit in front of a fan and take a cold shower mm-hmm. it's just it's like how do people live like that
0: well growing up like in Phoenix you had to have AC like everywhere like there are places without it but like truly like central air 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 conditioning is in most places like every store everything is just like really cold your car it would be like miserable in 120 to not have ac so then coming here to chicago it's like oh that's just normal (laughs) but like a lot of the houses here are older versus like a lot in phoenix like 60s 70s kind of thing And what's funny is a lot of people from the midwest moved to phoenix i feel like what mistakes did we make in our things or what things did we like like phoenix is a grid system which i care for it's nice it (laughs) makes sense it does make sense
1: i feel like in the you know i know we both watch a lot of drag Mm -hmm. but i've heard many drag queens also say that like when they go to europe and they're performing in the clubs like the clubs don't have ac so Mm -hmm. i imagine like in the even though they're like a little more north it's still hot because global warming yeah Um, (laughs) It's a little, so, thing. yeah, just a little thing called climate change. Um, but, you know, when they're at these clubs and they're dancing and they have all these wigs and padding on and there's just like no air, like I can't, no I can't makeup. imagine like a, a worse hell than just be like so hot that you're just sweating, but also have to like entertain an audience at the same time.
0: Yeah. Especially like you can put in all the like, no drip, all the things, but you're st- like your body's still going to sweat.
1: Well, I also just can't imagine like having a warm beer.
0: (laughs) Yeah, do you want soup on this really hot day? (laughs) (laughs) A little bit of ice cubes.
1: Yeah, I just you know I mean to each their own for sure. (laughs) You know I just it's I was in Ireland and you know what our beer was cold. It was delightful. Uh, so maybe maybe that's just. uh you know something we think but it's not real I don't know but
0: but does uh, Ireland get warm I don't know maybe that's just not knowing I mean I think the
1: summers like they still have their hot days but it's definitely like it um it rains like all the time there but it's like Mm -hmm. only rains periodically so it's like I feel like if anything it wasn't humid but we were also there in April so Mm -hmm. it was like in the 60s it was very comfortable and there would occasionally be a light rain and like they made fun of us all the time so we were like oh my god a rainbow and they're like yeah we see them all the time
0: okay you're super cool with their I rainbows. Was like,
1: thanks for just like like killing our joy um <laughs> someone knew, doesn't kill here. joy <laughs> I went there to find meaning and every time I was like oh wow a sign you know that like yeah things are coming look at this beautiful rainbow they'd be like yeah it rains and it's like the sun comes out all the time rainbows are not like they're pretty common here I was like wow okay well I guess I'll just shut up that's rude why would you
0: say why would you crush people's dreams
1: well there's like also like when we were traveling around and we like everything was just so green and so luscious and yeah. so healthy and like all of their animals are like alive and well and like plump <laughs> And and so like we were always just like, oh my God, everything's so green, everything's so beautiful. And they're like, have you never seen a tree? Like, have you never seen a cow? I'm like, you don't understand America doesn't look like this, <laughs> even like in the prettiest of the countries. Like it's like I feel like the prettiest part of America is like if you're not on the coast, it's like all of those like rock formations, like the Grand Canyon and like these beautiful like clay rock things in, in Utah. Like that's like beautiful and stunning. But if yeah, you go to yeah. like a meadow in America and you find like Like a field of sheep, like the sheep looks like high strung, and they look like emaciated. There's like dry patches of green. Like it's just it's not beautiful. (laughs) It's not nice
0: to look at. I feel you describe some people as well. (laughs) (laughs) They're just uh, high strung, (laughs) emaciated.
1: Yeah, I mean that's literally. uh, You walk down the street in Chicago, you'll definitely find one or two people that could uh, fulfill that description.
0: Yeah. You know, one person that we love that also lives in Chicago, Transition, (laughs) who is not high strung or
1: emaciated at all, you
0: know, but is a great human, beautiful soul. We love them.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Dear friend,
1: dear, dear friend of ours, Mm -hmm. um, here is Miss Jillian Ebanks.
2: Hi. Hi. I'm Jillian. Um, Today I wanted to be sharing my story about like my journey in pole dancing and how it kind of changed my life and what started as a bit or a joke turned into something that I that I feel like is a part of my personality now. (laughs) Um, So I'm in a sketch group called Babs Comedy, and in the earlier stages of it, um, uh, one of the members, Adrian Brown, was like, we should go to a pole dancing class. And so me, Adrian Brown and Adrian Brandyberg, we all like went to this pole dancing class in Chicago, just like as a joke (laughs) and we took an intro class and Adrian Brandyberg was not feeling it. Adrian Brown had pole experience. So she was, and I was like, this feels weird, but I kind of like it. Um, And after we took our intro class, I got like an email from the studio of like, hey, you can get like 15% off uh, your first set of classes. And I decided to just do it. Um, And I fell in love with pole dancing way more than I thought I would. I think when I first started pole dancing, unfortunately, I did it more so because like I was worried about the male gaze, if that makes sense. Like growing up, I never felt sexy. Like I never felt like unattractive, but I never felt like sexy and I didn't really date and I felt very stifled um, in my sexuality because I was never dating And, um, I think in the beginning of my young adulthood, I would look to men to, um, fulfill that in me in terms of like wanting to sleep with men or like wanting to explore it. But I realized in my mid twenties that, you know, that was like a journey I was going to have to do on my own. And I couldn't expect, you know, that validation from men. Um, and so so when I decided to do pole dancing, it was kind of like, I don't feel sexy and men don't date me. But then like I went on this journey of like self-love and self-discovery and like understanding that the um, sport of pole dancing is like so much more than just like being naked. Um, and it's been really cool. It's been really hard, um, <laughs> but it's been such a fulfilling journey. I've been pole dancing. It'll be five years in November. Um, Cause I started, we, our first class was November, 2017. And um, it's just been really cool. I learned a lot about myself, particularly I got really comfortable being naked. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Pole dancing was the most I had looked in a mirror that much because you're in classes and you're just like in a full length mirror every day staring at yourself. And I don't think I had ever stared at myself like that for hours. So that was the first uh, that was the biggest change for me of like having to stare at my body all the time. Um, which like in the beginning was weird and uncomfortable, but at some point like your brain breaks and you're just like, Oh, look at me doing these fun moves. But also, um, I quickly realized how hard pole dancing is. Um, I consider it a sport because it is a sport. It's an apparatus and it's very difficult and it, you know, it requires so much strength and so much will and so much repetition. And, um, I think when you like see people stripping, you just assume it's just twerking and it's so much harder than that. And so that was the second thing of me realizing like, oh, this requires athletic ability that I don't have, (laughs) Um, which could be very um, nerve wracking. And it was easy for me to just walk away and be like, oh, I'm not strong enough to do this, but I kind of challenged myself, um, which started to be rewarding, even though I still can't do a lot of the things I would like to do. But it's just been an interesting journey for me in terms of like realizing that sexy is just like a social construct. (laughs) It's not even real. (laughs) Um, And that anything can be sexy. So uh, that was also a fun breaking my brain moment. I have been dancing for five years and I'm still at a beginner level. (laughs) I'm at an intermediate level, but it's because I take breaks because I do other things creatively. And um, pole dancing is a very expensive space. I also learned that, by the way, it's a very white, expensive space. And although like stripping culture is much more diverse, the people that can afford to take classes and pay for private lessons and, you know, the people that come in with like a lot of dance background or gymnastics background all tend to look a certain way. Um, and so that was also just like a struggle because in the beginning, a lot of my teachers didn't look like me and didn't have body type like mine. But then like I started learning uh, what instructors I could go to that could teach my body. Um, and also just learning like, oh, there's like a a structure and a culture in here that isn't necessarily the best, but um, trying to be a part of changing that. I found that a lot of people that dance, uh, that, that was their only creative outlet. But for me, because I'm a comedian, dance was my second creative outlet. So I wasn't really always able to give it the full time that it deserved because comedy always came first. Um, so that's been a struggle because I'm a perfectionist and I want to be really good at it. But I recognize now that dance is more of a hobby for me um, and that for some other people it's like professional and so they can be good, but I have other professions that mean more to me and so if I have to do a show or go to a dance class I'm gonna do a show so but it's been cool and now I don't like having my clothes on ever (laughs) Um, (laughs) and pole dancing got me into burlesque and um, it's just been it's just been like great for me just I don't know like what started as a joke now has been like something that has translated into like my everyday life it translates into how comfortable I am on stage, performing regularly, performing without clothes, what I'm willing to do, like even an improv, you know, I just feel like so much more comfortable in my body. And I definitely wasn't before I started dancing. And I should clarify that I like dance in a studio. I've never really done it professionally outside of just doing it outside of doing burlesque.
1: Yeah, no, there's a lot that you've mentioned that I didn't know about your journey before. And I've known you for a while now. So that's been like, you know, it's not something that I would have necessarily like for instance, even though I'm white, I didn't realize that it was a that pole dancing was such like a very specific like kind of geared towards a demographic, like I didn't realize it was like a wealthy white space type thing. So that was like very interesting to hear because I feel like it's also usually white people are the people who are like shaming people for doing shit like that too so that's fascinating to me and also very upsetting but what's more so is like I think that's awesome that you're there and that you were able to find people that like you know could nurture you and like help you in a way that made sense to you and that you felt like represented and like reflected in
0: yeah you often see that too in like other spaces like yoga is a big one too where it's like it's now a bigger thing but like the people who can afford classes aren't the ones who like created it even
2: yeah. And there's like competitions for pole now, like sporting competitions, but they tend to be overly white as well, because it's like, you have to train, but it's also almost, you know, like I, I, I compete, I don't dance in a strip club, but I, I, I think there's also that level, but then there's, you know, groups of people who like recognize that this whole the whole culture of pole dancing has been taken from stripping. So mm-hmm. you have to honor that. And like using the word stripper or saying you're a stripper, there's nothing derogatory about it because mm-hmm. it's very empowering.
0: Yeah. Even like on TikTok, it's referred to as accounting, <laughs> but like all the video shows is clearly like me at my accounting job, Yeah, <laughs> which is um, one of my favorite parts of TikTok, actually. Oh. And <laughs> I'm like, man, I could be making so much money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, You talked about, um, like, getting started. What were some of the things that you were, like, if I could restart or, like, know now would
2: help me in, like, my journey? I think the consistency is key. I mean, I'm not an athletic person. I've never really done athletics growing up. I wish I did. Um, But it's really hard in your mid-20s to, like, try to become an athlete (laughs) when you never did. And so Mm -hmm. I think I didn't realize, like, how much... Consistency and repetition, uh, it would require to become good. It's not something that you can just do every other week or once a week and see results. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I thought I would because I was like, well, I'll just take a class a week because I'm busy. Right. And then I was like, but why am I not strong enough? And so I think if I understood that when I first started, as well as what exercises I could be doing outside of poll to cross train. I would be much more better off, but I um, but it just started out as fun for me. I didn't, I didn't think it was something that I was gonna really want to do, so I didn't feel like I needed that repetition. But now that I still can't do certain moves years later, I'm like, gosh, <laughs> <laughs> what's the move that you like want to achieve? I want to be able to invert, oh, sure. and I want to be able to climb just more than once. Like I want to be able to climb to the top of the pole and it not and not feel like I'm gonna fall off. But mainly inverting when you're upside down on the bowl. Do you, when you do your classes, do you have to wear the heels? No, um, heels are always optional. Some classes are geared toward heels um, and some are not. And so uh, if I know I have a class where it says like heels or it's like a floor work class, I might bring them and then the teacher will let you know. Um, but uh, it's never a requirement.
1: Do heels provide like a specific benefit to the pole other than like just additional height, but it's maybe like, (laughs) this is a bad parallel, but like, you know, when you're bowling, you have the bumpers or you can do it without (laughs) the bumpers sort of thing. Um, Or is it like purely just for aesthetics?
2: No, it actually provides, uh, it provides, they're like skates. It provides easy movement. Um, so like if you were doing a dance with your bare feet, sometimes it's hard to slide because it's like your foot on the floor, Mm -hmm. but in a heel, you're able to just like skate around. It also provides a barrier from pain. So there are certain moves that would physically hurt your foot to like go on like the backs of your foot like this. But if you're on your heels, if you're on heels and you do that move, your feet don't hurt. Um, so sometimes even. Like a teacher, like there's different types of heels. There's heels that are sandals and your toes are um, exposed. And then there's boots. And so like if you take a class and the instructor's in boots, a lot of time their choreography is geared toward that. So if you have sandals on, your toes immediately hurt because they're doing it with their feet closed, not realizing, oh, my toe is scraping against the floor right now. And it's always like an introduction, like the intro classes you don't. I remember I was taking classes for several months and there would be heels and I would just wear socks and then finally the instructor one day made me (laughs) shout out to Mary Elizabeth she was like you're putting heels on today and I was like no I can't she was like yes you are you're doing this stop and I did and then I was like oh this is fun
0: (laughs) (laughs) how tall are the heels
2: usually It varies. Uh, so like, I'm going to pull some heels in. These are six inches. Oh, my, my, these are six inches from like this and the heel, but I do have some that are eight or nine inches. I don't have them here. They're at my house in New Jersey. Um, but these are like beginner ones and then I got used to these and then I went like a size up. So you do a lot of the dancing on this part of the heel Mm -hmm. and that and but your foot's in here so truly this is just like a fun little like skate that allows you to balance and do stuff
0: yeah so the front of the toe is like where a lot of that weight is
2: yeah I think there's a lot of like um similarities to and ballet but I've never done ballet so I'm not that familiar no I've always wanted to do ballet like but
0: I think that was like another thing of of not only like money wise but like who's in those classes and then just like hearing like the horror stories of it so it's like well if I do it now in my 30s like is it am I gonna have that like the structure that I should have had earlier and then also like yeah like how much are these classes like people should get paid I agree but like sometimes it
2: needs to have some balance in that
0: oh man my toes just started hurting thinking of this (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it is. I definitely wish. I mean, that's a hard part, too. So many people come into pole dancing with like dance backgrounds. They can mm-hmm. always they can already do splits and do points and their flexibility. And I'm sitting there like <sighs> and so I think that was hard, too, is like realizing like comparison and pole is a thief of joy because everyone is starting different. And, right. you know, there's just things that I can do that they can't. And there's things that they can do that I can't. And like learning that while I might not have certain like flexibilities, like I have certain superpowers that they don't, you know, like stage presence or whatever and things like that. So.
0: Yeah. Which people like forget. They're like, well, I know the skills, but then when they actually do it, it's like, cool. You did the skills, but like, is it worth watching?
2: Yeah. I did a competition and I was so nervous. And we would like practice in the studio and they were like well practice for us and it like it was so nerve-wracking because like they were right in front of me Mm -hmm. and i felt very vulnerable and then like people were doing so great with that like there were some people who were killing it and then we got on stage and like oh like you know i'm a performer so for me being on a stage far away that completely changed it for me where it was like Mm -hmm. i was so much more comfortable on a stage And then the opposite reaction happened to other people who were so comfortable in the studio, but on stage, they were like, I don't like this, you know? And so it was really interesting to see that Mm -hmm. where for me, it was like, oh no, if being on stage is half the battle, I can do that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And like, obviously with, with burlesque, I mean, there's, to me, there's like a clear connection between like a pole and a burlesque class and that there's like, a lot of the same foundational things, but do you find that like pole has helped outside of burlesque, but also it's still in comedy?
2: Yeah. I think that like, you know, I do improv and I definitely feel like physically in improv, I wasn't one that would make like big physical choices, you know, whether it was like moving funny or like making big moves or like getting put in a scene where maybe I'm a gymnast, but now I feel like I can't do this. And I think being athletic and pole and like learning different like just like like learning how to flip you know I hadn't done flips since I was a child uh but being able to do flips and feeling like oh I can put my legs this way or I can do funny stuff on a chair this way has helped me in improv where I'm in scenes and I feel like physically I can be more physical because I know different moves my body could do that in improv they don't think these are moves I'm learning to do on a pole but I know like oh, this is something I learned how to do to pole dance, but now I can do this dumb flip in the middle of a scene that's about sports just because of that. So that's been really helpful. I think it's made me more uh, brave in terms of my physicality and improv scenes.
0: That's awesome.
2: Yeah, I would like
0: just to randomly flip
2: in a scene. Yeah, I uh, I incorporated a random flip in a scene I do right now. <laughs> and everyone's like, why? And I'm like, because I can do it. Like, you know, it's like, a it's special, special skill. skill. <laughs> they're not expecting me to do this. And I'm like playing like a bad boy. Like, it's so random, but.
1: <laughs> I imagine that's probably very impressive to both your castmates and the audience.
2: <laughs> but I, I hope <laughs> so. They haven't clapped yet. But I. They I haven't I, clapped for the flip. No, it's. To be fair, it's in the middle of the scene, but I feel like I should get a woo or something, but it's fine.
0: <laughs> yeah. Maybe oh. they like softly clap. I don't know. Yeah,
2: I've only done it <laughs> twice. So, uh, we'll
0: see. <laughs> I don't know. Like in burlesque, they like woo at the littlest things. I would assume they would
2: oh. woo at a flip. Jeez. <laughs> it's not, you know, the audience, but see, I don't prep the audience with the Guys, you should be clapping. So they don't. That's true. <laughs> I think they're just more like, what is going on? There's so much happening. Yeah, very true. Um, Are there teachers or
0: studios you recommend for those in the Chicago area?
2: Yeah. So the studio I train at in Chicago is called the Brass Ring. Um, That's the only studio I've trained at in Chicago. There are other ones, but that's just kind of the one I started with and I've stuck with. Uh, I really like it. They've there's like been change in management and ownership, but I think it's a very diverse training. Um, There's all different types of teachers. There's all different types of students um, and classes. And so I really like it uh, for me personally, just because it's like my pole community, Um, Mm -hmm. but there are other studios in Chicago. And then um, there's a site called Black Girls Poll that has like a huge access and network for black women in poll. They do retreats. They uh, have all the black owned studios listed around the country um and the world because there are some i believe in other countries as well um and they have like online resources like youtube podcasts merch things like that i was supposed to go on a retreat in 2020 and then 2021 but both of them yeah, <laughs> yeah because of the pandemic so i still haven't been able to go on a retreat which has been like sad for me because yeah um i was supposed to and then i just haven't been able to but um, they're a really great resource uh, for, you know, Black-owned pole studios and things like that.
1: So I wanna, I want to hit on something else that you talked about. And I know that you'll have something to say about it because I know you. And... <laughs> But like, I know you said that like pull, especially like when you were growing up, you didn't, you, you had a hard time feeling sexy or like feeling attractive. And then you were kind of like a late bloomer in terms of the dating game. So yeah. my question now is like having done some pole and like continuing to do that, like, how do you feel now as like an adult woman in that situation? Like, obviously I think when you're doing pole, you feel very sexy. And I know like from doing burlesque, like that is also like a whole level of empowerment but does that like kind of, does that like eke over into the dating world like does that help you
2: I don't know if it helps me I think I'm definitely I think it makes me much more comfortable in my body like I will say mm-hmm. that like I think that like I have no issue being naked now and I think before I probably would have cared like what my body looks like now I just kind of don't but I don't think it like necessarily helps me in the like um other forefront because like Pulled now is something personal to me. So like, even if I'm out on a date and I tell someone I dance, like I I would have to really like someone to want to dance for them. (laughs) Like like it's not something I'm going to just do for someone because it's like mine. It's like, you have to earn that. So I think in that sense, like it's not necessarily something I'm whipping out, but I definitely think it it made me more comfortable in my body. And I feel like being comfortable in my body now allows me to probably be more comfortable if I'm dating or if I'm having sex and things like that. But I am very like, I don't, I'm, I refuse to dance for someone unless they're like my man. So, (laughs) like, it's not something you're just gonna get, you know? I mean,
0: boundaries, it's a vulnerable thing. And like, we talked about it of like dating, like, letting people see, like, yes, this is fun and like for the general public in general. But like, when we're doing it, whether it's comedy, burlesque, pole, or whatever, like, that's my thing. So, if I'm inviting you to something or I'm showing something privately, like that's or that's a special thing and I think some people don't understand that yeah it's like a level of intimacy
1: almost yeah yeah
0: Yeah. because it's like I don't I've had a lot of therapy on this but like I feel sometimes feel more comfortable on stage telling a vulnerable thing than in person because I don't really get I get to have that control of your reaction
2: versus
0: on -on one-on-one I don't get that control
2: yeah. I'm definitely the same way. I'm definitely like, I don't like to be vulnerable period, but I can do it on stage a little bit better than in person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely feel like getting comfortable in my body, just like almost just like moving, just making me feel like, oh, like just being aware of my body and how to move has helped me. Cause I think like when I was younger, I I was worried about that. And now I'm just like, whatever you know yeah also like once you do burlesque for like strangers you're just like I, I guess I don't know like <laughs> you know it's just kind of like up in the air after that you know even now I'm in a cast with men and our dressing rooms are split but the women's dressing room always has the restroom in it yeah and so a lot of times I'm doing my makeup in my bra because I don't want to get it on my show clothes right and The guys are like can we come in and I'm like you can come in because I don't care like if you care that I'm in my bra then don't but like I don't care and I'm not putting a shirt on to do my makeup. So you're just going to have to decide, <laughs> like, you know, right. I just make it all the time. And I feel like my cast is like, I mean, I'm not like naked. I'm usually my bra and like shorts, but like, I feel like my cast is like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, I don't care.
0: I have yeah. To have
2: to do my titties now. Like, I don't, I don't care. Like, like <laughs> I don't care. Like, you know, like,
0: yeah, I feel like sometimes with uh, like, well, not sometimes in burlesque, like if I'm at a store and I just want to try something on instead of like going to the dressing room, like, I'll be like, Ready to just like, okay, we'll take it off and just do here. And then everyone around is like, there's people here. I'm like, oh, yes, I get that. And like, even before burlesque, I was so like body conscious, be like, okay, I can't wear shorts because my legs are short or fill in the blank thing. And now it's just like, even though I like way more and have a different body than that, then I'm like, yeah, this is how I am and take it or leave wow. it, which is really cool.
1: Like- I agree. I just, there have been times where I've like just changed, like, <laughs> where I like needed to change my shirt I think I changed my shirt at work the other day and I like hid myself away in an office but I didn't close the door and like this is not a good example because it's a workplace but (laughs) definitely like if they have a problem it's their problem and it's like just it's great but not in that particular (laughs) location because like I've only worked there for like five months and like these people are still strangers there. essentially uh, mm-hmm. in a personal one if of those I, things I, like I, if I, they're yeah. like if people are judging you because you feel comfortable in a situation where you're like also fully clothed or like you're not nude and even if you were like I guess it depends on the setting but like if people are judging you being like oh how was she just here like in her bra and like doesn't <laughs> care of people walking by and it's like that's your that's your right. problem
2: yeah Mm -hmm. no I I saw a show last night that my friend did and he does a scene where his butt is out that I was not expecting Um, and I was obsessed with it afterward because I was it just made me so happy like mm -hmm. it was but it made me so happy also and afterwards I was like you know I just really loved seeing your ass like I hope this isn't inappropriate our asses look alike too I felt very seen on stage (laughs) (laughs) and he was like I don't know how I feel about that. And I was like, I think I've crossed a line. But in my head, I was just like, it was just so nice to see someone else's ass and be like, I feel seen. Like, yeah, sharing your ass with me. And I probably should have phrased it that way. But I was just so high off the show that I did it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Having seen that show, I was like, I remember I was like, oh, my God, it's this ass. And then I was like, oh, I wonder what, like, because when we have to show certain parts, and like, you had to tape certain things or whatever. I'm like, how did they how do they do that? And I'm like, I took myself out of the scene and I didn't want to ask them because I felt that a bit inappropriate. But in yeah. my head, I was like, how do you hide certain parts and blah blah blah? Many questions. So many questions. Yeah. But uh, also to learn boundaries with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it would also <laughs> be very funny in that scene to be the person who gets to sit next to someone showing their ass every time. Right. Uh it's also very funny.
0: Uh <laughs> so so good good. okay so now we're getting into our whimsical question segment basically we just ask random questions and get to know you more uh they probably don't have to do with your story uh we have the benefit of knowing you so some of the questions might be a little tailored to you and you'll see why in a moment uh but julian whenever you're ready get started
1: so this is a very uh tailored to you question (laughs) okay um julian if you lived in westeros okay (laughs)
2: what would you name your sword okay if I lived in Westeros like if you were Aria and she had like needle first of all I would live in Dorne if I lived in Westeros so I need to like make that be clear I 100% would be in Dorne like that is where I would be um because it by far has the best people and the best climate um and so I feel like knowing that Dorne is like deserty and sand snake oh my god is Dorne where um Oberyn is from. Yes, and that's the what sand snakes say. And the Sand Snakes. I think I would na- name my sword. Oh my gosh. I want to do something with the sand. I think, can I do a crossover? Sure. This is very strange, but I think I would name my sword Killmonger. <laughs> so <called> Jillmonger. <laughs> that that's is amazing. the best answer I could have right now. I love that. Jill I love Manger. it. It's perfect crossover to Black Panther.
0: But I would definitely be in Dorn. Um for those who don't know is this Game of Thrones? Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. good. Sorry.
2: <laughs> I know I would like a
1: game that everybody
2: knows. Or Killian. Ooh, no, it'd be called Killian. 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 that's, that, that's oh it. It'd be called Killian. Awesome. Yes.
0: I was trying to decide if it was Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones, and I'm like, oh no, context clues. <laughs> And that's how I do improv, but I don't know what most people are talking about. I'm like oh, next nice close. <laughs> awesome. Uh, next question: If you had a WNBA starting lineup, top five yes. starting lineup, who would those
2: players be? Of current players, top five current players. Okay. Yeah. Forward Candace Parker. Mm-hmm. Forward Asia Wilson. Mm-hmm. Center Sylvia, Sylvia Fowles. And then I need two guards. um Current NBA players. WNBA players, yeah, correct. I'm going to go with Kalia Copper just because she's a home team. She's an MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, and I need one more card. Uh, it's like hard not to say Sue, but I also want to say Jewel Lloyd. My final guard spot. This is hard. I know. <laughs> it's tough. Um, uh, mm, and it has to be current. Can it just be? Okay, I'll give you one. um Okay, because my player. final guard, guard spot goes to Don motherfucking Staley. Okay, <laughs> yes.
0: <Great. laughs> Don Staley.
2: Don Staley. Thank you so much for letting me do that. Candace Barker, Asia Wilson, Sylvia Fowles, um, Collier Copper, Don Staley. And then part two would be the NBA. Current. Current, but if you must, you can get one retired player. Okay. At point guard, um, I'm putting Damian Lillard yeah at, at shooting guard I am putting um Steph Curry yeah um forward I'm putting Kevin Durant um I need another forward in a center mm-hmm. um I don't know is 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 Giannis a center we're gonna make him one <laughs> I think I was about to say I think he is uh, think we're gonna like make a... Giannis a center Dame Steph Kevin Giannis I'm just throw LeBron in there. Yeah. <laughs> just throw LeBron in there. Second LeBron's greatest the player. Part. Throw him yeah. in there. So current NBA players, Dame, Steph, that's an insane backcourt. I don't yeah. Do that alone. And then Kevin, LeBron, and Giannis. Yeah, no team is. I don't even need Michael. Like I don't, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs <is> Michael Jordan? <laughs> wow. In the city of know. Chicago. <laughs> but Dame is running point. Because I, I think feel- Steph as a shooting guard mm-hmm. is insanity. Truly, yeah, he does
0: not. He has one thing to focus on versus several things. Yeah, and then can
2: you imagine Giannis setting screens for you? Insane. Anyway, really? Oh, it, yeah, that would have been. Wild. <laughs> Kevin Durant could just shoot over. It. That would be insane. I need to see it.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> I mean, we've almost seen it because LeBron James had Steph, Giannis, and Dame on one of his all-star teams. Yeah. And Kevin was out hurt. Mm-hmm. And it was insane.
0: So. Man. And Kevin still could go to the Suns. I don't know at the time when we release this where he'll end up, but putting I it <laughs> I
2: was I was so worried we'd get a notification while we we're filming this. I was like knowing our luck, me and Marie will yes. get a notification. <laughs> and I'll just be like who died like, What <laughs> happened?
0: no during my class on Thursday I was like I know I tell you not to be on your phone so if you get a notification that Kevin Durant went to the Phoenix Suns you can interrupt my class and tell me <laughs> <laughs> and as of this recording he has not decided so
2: mm-hmm. got it okay. understood. understood I think he's gonna decide tomorrow because fourth of July is when he decided to go to the Warriors in 2016 mm. and so on the 6 year anniversary I think it's appropriate well yeah. if I'm deciding it would be them a trade coming through, so it's really up to the Nets. So.
0: Yeah, I feel they should trade them. because if someone tells you they don't want to be around you, I think you should listen
2: to them. Yeah, and I think they will. I think they just want to make sure they get the best. Back. Of course.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna throw a next the next question at you, Jillian. Okay. Um, so you might have this already with your shows, but let's say that you were part of the Chicago Sky. And you yes. were like best friends with Candace Parker, okay. and like you got to come out like now it's your name, Jillian, and you get to come <laughs> out to to the to the arena. Okay, what song would you come out to?
2: It's very hard because I have two songs in my head. Like in theory, I want to come out to "Electric Lady" by Janelle Monae because it's just mm-hmm. like embodies what I think I am. But I need a hype song, so I think I would. uh i'm torn between energy by drake and sicko mode by drake (laughs) which one has the better drop sicko mode yeah you know maybe they're just on rotation you know Uh, i think right now i'm gonna go with sicko mode just because off the name alone although energy is a great i think right now at this moment it's sicko (laughs) mode energy and electric lady are like neck and neck there too (laughs) (laughs) excellent i love it um, which Hamilton character would you play in the musical regardless of gender? Lafayette Thomas Jefferson. That is a dream of mine. That is a mm-hmm. legitimate dream of mine. Like I, like I have not ruled that out in my life. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I, first of all, I love to be Diggs and mm-hmm. I think he did a phenomenal job, but I think that track is one of the best tracks and vocally it's a track I could do because I would love to be able to sing Angelica, but I I, I can't sing like um, Renee Ellis Goldsberry. But I I could I could do that Lafayette rap. Yeah, so, Lafayette Thomas Jefferson all day.
0: Yeah, I think I thought of this for myself, and I would pick Burr, but I can't sing like uh, Let's yeah. see, but that would be like the dream
2: one. But I love that. Yeah, Jefferson would be a good one. Yeah, I think I mean Lafayette's way more fun than the Thomas Jefferson portion, but. <laughs> I mean, it's just so fun. Yeah. He gets to run around on stage in that purple suit. Oh. Yes. So good.
0: <laughs>
2: it's a dream of mine still. <laughs> what
1: is, uh, I I don't actually, I haven't thought of my third question yet. I
0: have my third one. Okay. If my you third. have your
1: third, you go and I will have mine after. Got it.
0: It's my favorite. Uh, Cause I love it. It causes controversy for the person. Oh, so man. if you were in a heist, and you okay. could pick four other people, celebrity, friends, ghosts, whatever. Um, who would those four people be? And then what would you be stealing?
2: Okay. What would I be stealing? Yeah. Um, I would definitely be stealing money. <laughs> money. Because that's what right. I need. Um, I want Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> because he's strong and he knows how to shoot. Mm-hmm. And... I just want him there. Yeah. I want Damian Lillard because he's fast and he's loyal. And I know that if he gets caught, he's not he's not telling on any of us, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also he can fight. Yeah, like he can fight, you know, and I need someone that can knock someone out. So we got Michael B. Jordan, Damian Lillard. Uh and it could be friends too, or people, you know, family. I'm not I'm not doing this ice with anyone I know. Okay. <laughs> They all have good conscience. Next. I need someone that can like do code like that mm-hmm. can break into banks. Um, I don't know. A disgruntled Chase employee that <laughs> works at Chase mm-hmm. and knows how to get into the bank and is upset. Like the black employee that works at the teller and that's like, y'all got me fucked up today. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? I don't know who he is, but we're bringing him. Yeah. And then finally, I'm gonna bring actually I lied. I'm gonna do the heist with my mom. My mom is not gonna be a part of the heist, but she is gonna be the getaway driver. She works in finance, so she will know how we can clean the money.
0: She does not do that
2: for a living. Yeah, on the record, on the record. Mom works in trust administration, Mm -hmm. but she knows finance. So she would be like, okay, if you give this person $10,000, they don't have to pay taxes if you put this in this thing. Like she just knows. So oh, I will lie, but she's like the getaway driver. Like she's mm-hmm. not, she's not nowhere near the heist. I don't have time for that. Like, yeah. but I think we need her because you need someone who knows what to do with the money, how to clean it. That's true. I haven't even and thought of that me. For sure. I can just go to a strip club and try to clean the money pole dancing. There you go. See? hmm you know, but uh, I definitely think the people that are gonna do the—I the, mean, Michael B. Jordan and Damien Lillard are key tonight, <laughs> nice. right? And Michael B. He Jordan can lift
0: <laughs> And Michael B. Jordan can be your honeypot because people will be so distracted by how good looking he is. Oh my god, I would be, be mine.
2: <laughs> be mine. Well, yes, that is true. Yeah, yeah I no, can. totally. He could go in and they'll be like, "Oh my god, you're Michael B. Jordan," and then Damien Lillard runs behind and steals the bank. The money yeah. you know he's like yeah 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 my my friend came in here a few a few months ago and you guys tried to get him murdered do you remember that bank of america <laughs> anyways but i digress <laughs> i love it it's a very smart
1: well thought out
2: yeah. situation and the chase employee i don't know who he is but what he'll exist. appear when he needs to appear
0: yeah yeah
1: um okay I thought of my last question and again this is a little catered to you (laughs) um what are your very like name three like no like like deal breakers for you in terms of dating oh that's a good one
2: um a cat sure (laughs) um like that's just I don't even swipe on men who have cats like I'm allergic and no but like there's I'm, I'm allergic I'll die I think like if you genuinely don't like comedy, I uh, I, I don't see a future with you. Mm-hmm. Um, like someone who's just like I don't like comedy. Like I'd be like, what?
0: How do you not like, like comedy? Allow- I mean, you like, said that, I mean, and I was don't. like, certainly
1: that is not the norm. Like, <laughs> I can't think of any. I can't think of no person I've met that felt that way. Yeah, but I mean, I'm sure I don't that they
2: here, but. Um, I feel like comedy I mean yeah cat like they don't or they just like don't they don't support my career Mm
0: -hmm. so like they
2: just don't support what I do for a living yeah it's like a hobby to them yeah yeah so a cat they don't take comedy seriously or don't like it and then they're um, conservative true fair enough yeah Yeah. because I feel like conservative bleeds to everything like there's a little racism in there there's like you know do, do you not think gay people should get married like do you think I should have all of your kids and not be on birth control? like I just I don't for me like I don't have time to unpack that I just don't care enough like I don't like you enough to put that energy in my life so
0: no I think that's when what I
1: feel mean. like now if you put conservative on like a dating app like you're really just putting it out there yeah, you're making a choice and yes
2: um and it's, it's a no for me yeah, like you
0: already know, and then yet you're still like, but. <laughs>
2: yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I thought about, I'll tolerate a dog. So, yeah, cat, not supportive of my career, conservative. Those are my deal breakers. Those are good ones.
0: Yeah, but if as long as the dog doesn't sleep in the bed, I can't like that. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. As long as I dog doesn't sleep in the bed, I, I'm good. I'm good um, mm-hmm. If you have one. Mm-hmm. I can tolerate it I can tolerate it if you're like <laughs> my person sure
0: sure yeah there's certain things that you think about like oh I wouldn't have expected x like for me like I said I would never date someone who wasn't into sports and like Wes could care less but yeah. like that it's like okay fine I'll let that go but oh, like yeah. certain like conservative I couldn't let go <laughs> that's it I think that's everything we did it <laughs>
1: Is there anything else you'd like to add before we stop recording?
2: Um, no. I'm Jillian <laughs> I'm on the blogs as Curly Hair No Care on all the apps. Jillian
0: Ebanks is an actor, writer, comedian, pole dancer, and basketball stand from New Jersey. You can follow them on Instagram or all the socials at Curly Hair No Care.
1: You can also follow Sparks of Madness on Instagram at Sparks of Madness Podcast. Sparks with Madness is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com.
2: Yo, Julie, if you randomly hear me scream. You'll know
1: why. <laughs> yeah. and you, when that happens, I usually know it's something regarding basketball.
2: Yeah. So You weren't home the other day, but when he requested his trade, Maria's in the group text where I just, I sent a voice note. <laughs> to yes. And I love the fact that no one in the group text acknowledged it because I was like off my roll, but I was like, <laughs> I literally sent <laughs> <said> a message <laughs> like that, just screaming into the group text and everyone was like, Okay. <laughs>